Welcome to the Signal Podcast. I'm Rowan Morrissey. And I'm Mariah Campbell. This week we're talking about community, that feeling of belonging. This is a week where our sense of community has been challenged after a terror attack against a mosque in Quebec City. Across the country, people have been coming together to find comfort in community and to remember. Halifax was no different. There were vigils all across the city to grieve the six Muslim Canadian men that were killed. The first vigil of the day took place on Dalhousie campus. About 200 people were there. Amina Abouashi is the vice president of the Dalhousie Student Union. She spoke to the crowd. So this is the first time in my knowledge that a crime, a hate crime that is directed towards Muslims is finally being called what it is, an act of terror. And as a Muslim, I can tell you that after this weekend, I am terrified, my family is terrified, my community is terrified. To my Muslim community, I know we are hurting, I know we are scared, but I know we are strong, and I know we are resilient. And I know that it's hard to see right now, but there are pockets of hope. And just looking around uh, at the community that came out to support us, we are here for you. I am here for you. Mazuma Khan organized the vigil. She is the president of the Dalhousie Muslim Student Association. She has suggestions for non-Muslims who want to support the community. Be curious and ask us questions. You know, sometimes it's a little taxing that Muslims always take this, you know, uh, what is Islam? What does hijab mean? You know. There's a great resource, it's called the internet. You can use it. Um, you know, racialized and marginalized people usually are the ones that always have to do this work. And sometimes it shouldn't always fall in their hands, but I'm sure if you go up to one of your buddies and are like, you know, I was reading about the hijab and I'm really curious, you know, they're gonna be more receptive to you and they're gonna be more willing to help and educate you. bad things happen in the world, it can make us rethink what's important, and it can make us seek out safe places. Charles Bull is the priest at St. Margaret of Scotland Anglican Church in Halifax. What makes us happy here as human beings, I'm convinced, is belonging and meaningful relationship. And the reason so much of the world, I think the Western world, is in some kind of paroxysm of hate and awfulness in Europe and in the States is that capitalism has so disenfranchised and and alienated so many people. People are just so damn lonely. It's making people crazy. Physically, we've never been wealthier before. You know, I have every hope of living to 100. I mean, we're living in an age of miracle. I've got the sum total of human knowledge in my back pocket and a smartphone. I mean, we're living in an age, we should be so glad, so thankful, and people are so upset and so miserable and angry and violent and hateful, and it's because of this loss of a sense of belonging. That was Charles Bull, the priest at St. Margaret of Scotland Anglican Church in Halifax. Where do you go to find community? And what do you do when the world feels like a scary place? Tweet us at Signal Radio HFX.
Churches may be more full than usual this week, given the tragedy in Quebec. But day-to-day, how does a church attract new members in a mostly secular modern society? Regina Peters went to St. Andrew's United Church on Robey Street to find out. May you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong. That was Dana Lynn Farrell singing Forever Young by Bob Dylan. It was part of the meditation session last Sunday before the service at St. Andrew's United Church. The staff of St. Andrew's are calling 2017 their year of invitation. Pop music, meditation, yoga, coffee and sandwiches are all available to newcomers in order to make the church more sociable for people of all beliefs. Ian Johnson is a regular at St. Andrew's. There's not the great divide between the, the clergy and the, or the ministerial team and, and the people. Johnson left the church when he was younger because he found it too controlling. But he says it's much more open and inclusive now than it used to be. Okay. Original and just plain ordinary unoriginal sandwich. Reverend Ian Fraser hosts a series of debates called Churchology. At the last session, he invited people to talk about why they don't believe or what problems they have with religion. It's congregations that work from a vision, that have a really clear idea of what they're doing in this world that are most likely to be supported. People are willing to uh, give money to invest in congregations that have a sense of vision. The subtitle of that session was, Do I need to believe all this crap to come here? Short answer, no. Fraser says that even though St. Andrew's runs a deficit every year and the new social events will increase expenses, being inclusive will keep the church running in the long term. Fraser says that in times of crisis, people still turn to religion for support, whether they consciously believe it or not. I'm Regina Peters in Halifax. You're listening to The Signal Podcast. We're journalism students in the audio program at the University of King's College. Some people might turn to their church for comfort in difficult times. Others go for a long walk in the park. In many cities, parks are community hubs. People take their children to play, go to walk their dog, and just be in nature. Reporter Jessica Caparini took a walk through the Point Pleasant Park. She met Andy Watt, Donna Wheeler-Usher with her dog Jackson, and Paul Simmons. Well, I remember having uh, Easter hunt the egg days with my parents, and it was always miserable and cold, but the park was a nice place. And they had a nature trail for kids, so you could walk around and see things like uh, a nail driven into a tree, and they say, if the tree grows a foot a year, how tall is this nail going to be in 10 years? And of course, the answer was exactly where it is, because it doesn't go up, right? But things like that. It was fun. And you could play hide-and-seek, and the forts were in a lot better shape then, so it was, because I'm talking about the 50s and 60s, and the forts were more... Uh, solid and you could play in them and hide in them and walk all over them and pretend you were sinking ships, all that kind of stuff. As far as a sense of community here in Point Pleasant Park, well, there's lots of different people, but as a dog owner, we always watch out for each other's dogs. So just today, there was a little guy that hung back because Jackson was playing with his ball and he wanted to play with Jackson. And all of a sudden, I realized no owners, no mom or dad around. So... 
you know, usually people will either call out or get the tag and call the dog's name and find the owner or just hang back. Like I hung back with him because I figured they'd come back. I had just seen them. So, and they did. And it was a happy reunion. When I first moved here, it was 1971 when I came here to go to St. Mary's. As a student, my first year I lived at, at uh, uh, High Rise One, the High Rise campus there, apartment campus. And myself and my roommates, we just come down here very frequently, probably two or three times a week throughout the entire year. I have a, a grown family now. Well, I have four children. My children are all grown. We got a new dog. And uh, on occasion, we come over to Point Pleasant Park just to let the dog run itself out. And it's rekindled my, uh, my love of the park because, you know, being in Dartmouth, we also have an off-leash park in Dartmouth, um, but there's something about coming back to Point uh, Pleasant that's always, you know, it's always very pleasant. That was Jessica Caparini speaking with Andy Watt, Donna Wheeler-Usher, and Paul Simmons at Point Pleasant Park. They tell you not to sweat the small stuff, but sometimes for people dealing with bigger issues, a sweat might just be the thing to do. Jean-Viev Nickel tells us how an indigenous sweat lodge is making a difference for one man. The Seven Sparks Healing Program gives former indigenous inmates a chance to reconnect with their culture and go for a sweat. Scott Lekas is the program manager. He says sweats, as they're called, create a sense of community that can help people after serving a prison sentence. It's a part of their culture and a part of their spiritual history and it it binds them and connects them to their community, binds them and connects them to their elders. Stephen Gugu is 33. He grew up going to sweats. Since his release on September 1st, he's been going every week. Got introduced to a sweat lodge my early teenage years, and I just fell in love with it since day one. Sleep like a baby, sleep pretty good after you go in a sweat, and... You feel pretty good, too, and it's like your soul is cleansed. Scott Lecca says that sweats can help with physical and emotional healing because it encourages people to stay sober. Different elders will have different sort of guidelines and protocols around sobriety and the sweat lodge, but generally um, the, the, the sort of rule I've most often heard is that uh, four days, you know, you, know, you, you can't have had anything to do with drugs or alcohol for four days if you want to go sweat. Gugu says he prefers sweats over Western approaches. You could go to AA so much, but like you're so used to and so used and comfortable with going to a sweat. It's like following the traditional ways and you know more about it, more, know, more knowledge about the sweat. Gugu has been in and out of jail. He's hoping the sweats will help get his life back on track for himself and for his six-year-old daughter. I'm Geneviève Nickel in Halifax. Community can mean different things for different people. For some, it's their neighborhood. For others, it's a friend group. But one thing is certain about every community. 
Members want to feel supported. Bryson Gunn, owner of Son of a Gun Music Services and bass player for Blackmore, doesn't always feel this support in his community. Terry Boats spoke with him about why that is. What does music mean to me? I think music is the truest form of expression that a human is capable of. It takes all of you. Like, you hear it, you feel it, you can see it, you can't smell it or taste it. All the things can be tasty. (laughs) Licks can be tasty. Um, Yeah, like, you can control somebody's emotions with music. That's so, so crazy to me. It's a small small community like everybody knows everybody everybody calls your friend if you don't know somebody or know a band you probably know of them we celebrate each other's triumphs together when so- yeah when someone like does something like puts out an album or or a music video or something like that like everybody is watching it and sharing it and talking about it like everybody's aware of each other but nobody goes to each other's shows. <laughs> there are people that come when they can, and I recognize that, but there's other people that you know claim to be big supporters of the scene or whatever, and they're not like doing the direct support. Like To, re- to really do anything, you need to go to shows. And so I guess that comes in with also people that don't get gigs, and they wonder why their band doesn't get gigs. Because it's, it's a two-way street. You come to my show, I'll probably go to your show. I might not necessarily like be into what you're doing, but I'll, I'll go to your show because you came to mine if I can. That Maritime Metal Fest, that's like my biggest disappointment. A community that's supposed to be so tight-knit and so like all about brotherhood and having each other's backs. You know, come, we're about to do the fifth year and we're still like trying to find ways to get people through the gate. Most of the people who are in the metal scene are musicians. You know, they're, they're pissed off that they didn't get the slot. This thing could be huge if people would just put their egos aside and, you know, grow up a little. <laughs> just support your brothers and sisters, and it, it's a great thing. It's all ages. Eight-year-old kids there, and there's three-year-olds there with earmuffs on, and they're standing up at the at, up at the gate staring these guys in the eyes like, man, I wish I could have had that. that was, that's awesome. Why aren't we supporting this? It blows my mind because... It's most important for people that are in those communities to be at those shows. Like, if people would support each other and stop being so spiteful about the fact that you're not up there, I think if people just came went and supported each other, then you would find that as a music industry, music scene, it would make us impossible to ignore. And the city and the province would look at it and say, holy shit, there's something happening here. Bryson Gunn is the bass player with Blackmore. You can catch the band this Friday night at Men's and Molly's. You don't have to be in a band or a church choir to get that feeling of togetherness and community that comes from singing. Twice a month in Halifax, you can be a part of a makeshift choir, belting out classic pop favorites. Hundreds of people are turning out to the company house, a community sing-along, the big sing. Allie Graham has more. For most bars, Monday's a quiet night. Not here. About 150 people made their way to the company house to squeeze around the bar stage, not to watch a performance, but to deliver one. Seth Levinson is the founder of Halifax's newest choir, The Big Sing. 
He attended a massive sing-along in Toronto last spring led by Choir, 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 a no-commitment choral singing event that invites anyone to learn popular songs in three-part harmony and belt it out with strangers all night. Humming it and, you know, singing it while they're vacuuming and that kind of thing. So when we announce the song that we're going to be singing, people are coming together to sing something they've already sung for a long time. And so you get to do that with a bunch of other people. It's kind of, you know, zany and, and wonderful. Levinson knew Halifax needed its own version of the infectious, joyful singing series. I think the, the no-commitment drop-in quality is a big appeal to a lot of people. Though it takes place at a bar, the Big Sing is an all-ages event. As long as they finish up by 9pm, minors can sing along with adults. Local conductor and Dalhousie music student Jack Bennett and musician George Woodhouse on stage leading the swell of giddy, energetic strangers in three-part harmony. The emphasis on the community and, and coming together and uh, and in the meantime, hey, you're going to learn a harmony tonight. To see people, like I was just saying, of different demographics and people of different like musical abilities coming together on like a Monday night is pretty, pretty special. Bennett leads several choirs around the city, but none are quite like the Big Sing. We're so taught that in school and in other musical activities and uh, that perfection is like I ideal, right? And like not, you know, avoid making mistakes. And, and uh, this is a space where we get to like deconstruct that way of thinking. Whether you're at the back of the room mouthing the words or belting out of tune at the front, the Big Sing welcomes you with a lot of cheery noise. For the Signal Halifax, I'm Mally Graham. The next big sing will be on Monday, February 6th. $5 gets you lyrics and likely some new friends. When I heard about the shooting yesterday morning, it kind of put a damper on my whole day. So, I decided to go down to Grand Parade to talk to others who were also struggling with the news. In the spirit of solidarity, the Canadian, please join along. Oh, Canada, our home and native land. I'm here to support the, um, the United the United of um, Canada because I know um, what happened. It doesn't. Um, reflect Canada and Canadian people and we are we are here to support all people um, uh, we are not looking for religion we are just looking for humanity you know sometimes we do things for other people because without actually doing anything you're just standing here with a light to show your support Ever since I moved here four or five years ago, almost four years ago, uh, to Canada, I've been treated respectfully, uh, regardless of my uh, gender, regardless of my uh, nationality, or my race, or my uh, specifically my religion. And that's always been a huge part of Canada for me, is, is the acceptance, and uh, uh, not just the diversity, but tolerance for everyone. And uh, just being treated kindly by everyone has 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 been a has affected me so much, and seeing what happened last night in the same country that 
these values live in is just heartbreaking. Uh, and I believe everyone here is today because of that. Uh, because we, 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 even though I don't hold a Canadian nationality, uh, I still consider myself a Canadian. So having stuff like this or having uh, people gather like this is, is a way to show everyone that the love and tolerance and kindness is above everything else. I just hope that uh, people here leave tonight like I did, inspired and um, hopeful for um, for change and um, for people to realize that when we stand together, there's nothing more powerful. Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee. Samaria, on the bus home from the vigil, I just felt so relieved seeing the crowds of people standing together with candles and signs to show support for each other gave me hope and a real sense of community. Wow, Rowan, that, that's really powerful. So that's the Signal podcast for this week. We'd love to hear from you. We're Signal Radio HFX on Twitter and Halifax. I'm Mariah Campbell. And I'm Rowan Morrissey. Thanks for listening. We're going to leave you with some love from the Black Eyed Peas. Children hurt and you hear them crying Can you practice what you preach? And would you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us And some guidance from above These people got me, got me questioning Where is the love?